Um, it's so great to see so many of you here this morning. Um, we encourage you guys, if you are watching at home, to come on down and join us. Come and book on for next week. It's so great to be together in one place again. Um, we miss you all and can't wait to have you back with us. Um, just want to do the offering real quick. Um, we appreciate that you all carry on giving um, all through this whole year. And we just ask that you carry on doing the same. If you are here in the building, um, then... I believe you can collect on the way out, put your offerings in the bucket on the way, the basket on the way out, which is that way, not that way. Um, if you are at home, then please do carry on giving online. Um, or if, if you're here, please carry on giving online. The details will be up on the screen at some point. And if they're not, then do find them on the website. Apparently they're behind me, yeah. <laughs> the moderns of technical technology. Um, massive thanks to Joe, Jules and... Uh, Paul this morning for all the hard work trying to get the things up and running. We apologise that we are not live with you today because of technical issues, but praise God we can still record and you can still see what's going on here. So great, and thanks to you guys for persevering. Um, I'm just going to pray for Mark as he's going to come and talk to us this morning. Uh, God, we thank you that you've given Mark such a precious word to share with us all at the moment. And uh, we just, as we continue in this series that he's been talking about, this releasing new life to people, we just ask that your words fill in this morning as he comes and brings and shares to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I just wonder if anybody's got any testimonies. I know uh, Bob in particular was going to share something this morning, so I'm just going get, to get Bob up. No, it was just um, a few weeks ago when Mark started this uh, study on soul life, um, one of the things that struck me very strongly was the whole area of drivenness. Um, and, and from my background, where I came from in Scotland, um, drivenness and effort and all that kind of thing was frowned upon. You've got to let go and let God have his way. And, and, and your, your natural um, gifting that God had given you was, was tended to be dampened down a fair bit. Um, and so there were many things that, uh, I, I, I'd come from um, a background of being a salesman, I'd run the department stores, um, I was always aiming for targets, and so in my natural personality, I was a go-getter, you know? And, and you know, many Christians felt that that is not something that should be, be there, it should be just, it wasn't spiritual, that's what it was. I was, I, I had a mindset there. And there were many times in, in my life when I went, when I said something in here to do it, but then I heard one or two of my, my, my leaders say, oh, well, just, I, I don't, don't know about that, Bob. I, you, you know the idea? Have you heard that? Um, I had it a few times. Um, and one of the examples that, that came to mind about this, that's, that's made a difference to me, was uh, when we were living in Scotland, God, God said to us, I want you to open a Christian bookshop in Scotland, um, in Hamilton. Um, while we were doing door-to-door -door work, I found a bookshop and uh, I found a shop and rented it. Um, and people said to me, many of them said, you know, that, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work, Bob. You know, I, I don't think, you know. And so I thought, well, that's a natural thing. That wasn't something that God gave. You know the idea? And so to cut a long story short, that bookshop became a big bookshop and it's still going 40 years later in a big centre in Motherwell. You know, and so what I'm saying is this, that I have come to realise that my, my personality... My, my, the way I, I am, um, anointed by the Holy Spirit, releases me to be the person God called me to be. And hearing what Mark just said, it, it brought a balance to my life about, about that, because I was underplaying that for so long, and now at last it's, it, it's, it's came a bit more level now, not altogether, but it's getting there. So that's my wee bit of encouragement for you this morning. Thank you. Hey everyone. Um, yeah, we uh, quite regularly go out on the streets every Saturday with like Connie and uh, Roger and Oliver and Phil, Maggie, I don't know if they're there, uh, they're here, but, um, uh, and yeah, we do like worship and, and things and sometimes we chat to people, um, and yesterday I kind of just plucked up enough courage to go and chat to some people, <laughs> um, and actually I've been kind of thinking to myself, man, I've not been seeing any fruit, like, I, well at least, you know, I mean, like, you, you know something is going on, you plant seeds, you sow seeds, into people's lives, and um, and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know when people hear something, if how deep it's going or what's going on inside of them. Um, but I know, like other, yeah, Connie and people like encourage us to just keep doing it and keep just doing that, and because you don't know what's you know what's going on in someone's heart. 
Um, so yeah, yes, uh, yeah, yesterday, um, I, sp I just saw. That I was kind of like wandering around the park whilst the other guys were worshiping, kind of like not sure, like oh, who do I speak to? Because um, those guys over there look a bit intimidating, you know. But <laughs> and I, I mean, I saw a couple, a couple, a few teenagers, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure about those guys, because like the last time I'd spoken to some people, they just like, nah, not really interested. Um, but this week, I kind of just felt drawn to a certain group of young guys. Um, and then just kind of went up to them and kind of said, I can't, I can't remember, I think I asked, oh, can I ask you guys a question? Do you have time for me to ask you a question? And the question we always ask is, what do you think is the purpose of life? Um, and then we kind of go through this little bracelet thing where we go through different colors and explain the biblical narrative of this is God's plan of redemption. Um, and yeah, so I just end up talking to these guys, going through it, and uh, like two or three of them weren't really interested, but one of them was like so attentive the whole time. And I was like, I, I, can't, I couldn't help but just like, okay, I've got one person who's interested. Um, and then kind of at the end, I was like asking him, like, are you, is this, do you believe this? Is this something you want? And um, he was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's very, um, I don't know, he was just very, it seemed, I don't know, I can't tell exactly what's going on inside of him, but that, that hunger was there. Um, and, um, and yeah, so we just did a very simple prayer together, exchanged phone numbers. I don't really know how I'm going to follow up with him yet, but um, yeah, so they're just, uh, there is, people are, people are there that are ready, that are hungry for it. Um, so just to encourage you guys. Um, but yeah, praise Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah, I've just been struck, thank you Stephen, that's great. I've just been struck how it's so important to be out there consistently. Um, we had a few things go on yesterday uh, that, with Stephen, that was great. Another lady came by who wanted a bit of advice about a viola. But she said that she'd, been, she'd heard the music a few times and uh, turned out her mum, she was from Australia. And her mum was a religious education teacher, so that was good. Then someone from the Humanist Society came along, he does like humanist discussions. University of the Third Age, and he wanted someone to come and speak to them and explain it. So it's just good, but all the time, and I just felt it's being out there consistently. We worship, I'm going to say all we do is worship, but it's not all we do, because we've been having great times of worship out there, so much better than singing behind masks and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I want to encourage you to come. Um, we've had one or two people come with us recently, and it's been good. We've got um, one or two from other churches, but please, come and find out what we do. You can come and just sing. Um, songs that you know, worship, meet with the presence of God out the, on the streets, and people come past and they're interested in knowing about Jesus. And then other people who are, are more used to it, like Connie, go out and um, buttonhole people and talk to them. And, and they are willing to train people as well. So please come. But it's just so good. And I just felt it's a consistency. We've been going out for three or four years now. Um, and it's so important to be out there regularly. Because uh, when I was selling hot dogs, we would have people say to us, Oh, I've seen you for a long time, and it's the first time I've come to buy anything. And I believe it's the same with, with us being out in the street. People see us, they watch us, and then after six months they might come along. So, so we're out there, we're having a good time. We can have up to 30 people now, so that's really good. Uh, so please come and join with us. You can just sing, or you can pray, or you can do whatever. But, uh, yeah, or you can dance, whatever. But just to sing and just be with us is so encouraging for us. And we're looking to stir other Christians up out there to see other people wanting to go out. I, I'm believing that God will stir up the nest of the churches to send people out, not only on the streets on a Saturday, but out into life with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Because that's what we need at this time. Stuff going back to normality, eh? if I can use the word like that. We want to go on to what God has got for us in terms of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus in this city and around. Amen? Amen. 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 So if you've, uh, if you've been involved in worship on the street at any stage, can you stand up? And if you're at home and you've been involved in worship on the streets, can you also stand up? Because the anointing has the ability to not, because it's a supernatural thing, it's got the ability to go through space and it's got the ability to go through time. So whenever you're watching this, we're going to pray for you right now. Everybody's here, can you just stretch your hands out towards these guys? Father, we thank you. We thank you that you gave your son to rescue 
those in the world who do not yet know you and to rescue us too. We were, we were there once. So, Lord, I pray that you would move on our hearts with compassion yeah. for those who don't know you yet. But also, Lord, we pray that you, there will be an increased fruitfulness yeah. on this ministry, an increased fruitfulness on the worship, on the witnessing, on the prayer, that everything that goes on there on a weekly basis. And Lord, we, we're honoured to know these guys. We're honoured to, to share family, church with these guys. And we, we ask you, Lord, that your anointing will rest on them. That through them you will, you will bring about many, many salvations, lasting salvations. People who not just make a commitment, but go on to become disciples who make disciples. Yeah. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can, we, can we give these guys some honour and praise? <laughs> you know, one of uh, the things that's really easy for us to do, because we, we've been through this thing for, what, like 15 months now, is to let it just cause a, a kind of real dampening down. Uh, a, 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 a dampening of our enthusiasm, a dampening of our excitement, but mainly, I think, a dampening of our expectancy that God can do anything. And our God's not changed. He's exactly the same. The Gospels, yeah, you see, you can applaud. You see, the thing is, I think we accept constraints that aren't there. It's right to accept constraints that are there, but it's not. we don't have to accept constraints that are there. Maybe you can't shout out right now. Maybe that wouldn't be wise. But you can clap. You can wave your arms. You can, uh, you can pray for people. You know, maybe we can't lay hands on, but maybe we can elbow hands, elbow prayers. I don't know. Maybe the anointing goes through elbows. Who knows? But we need to start pushing back on the enemy having dampened us down. Yeah. I, I, I kind of hope that makes sense. But I, I do think that we, we have accumulated... A spirit of fear yeah. that goes beyond wisdom. Yeah. There is wisdom and we should follow wisdom, but we mustn't accumulate a spirit of fear that goes beyond wisdom. Yeah. You know, we, we get the situation where we have believers who will quite happily go and do a shop and go and get some petrol and eat in a restaurant but are fearful of coming to church now that can only be an enemy plan it really can because that makes no sense even in the natural way of thinking so it's a spiritual thing and so you know we must expect god to move we must expect the miracles that we were praying for before this lockdown ever began you know we we set ourselves certain prayer targets didn't we when uh, by the way, I've got, I'm not even on my notes yet. We set ourselves certain prayer targets, didn't we, going into this? That we wouldn't lose anybody to this thing, and we haven't lost anybody. Amen. That we would be able to pay our bills, that we've managed to pay our bills. It's not always been easy, but we've managed to keep paying our bills. That, that we would come out in a position where we were financially strong. We're doing all right on that, but we need, need you to keep giving. Um, that we would grow. There's people in this room who weren't in this church before this thing started. Right. So that's good, isn't it? Yeah. We, we just need to get look forward and get excited for and pray, pray for that morning when we're all back in this room. Yeah. And we, we, are, we are confident that we're safe to be all back in this room. Right now, there is loads of space still available and you wouldn't have to go near anybody. And so... We need to kind of get hold of some things and not let the spirit of fear supersede the wisdom that, that is there. We will follow wisdom, but we must refuse to follow fear. Yeah. And in doing that, I think we have to have this sense of expectancy that God is going to move. Because I think of all the things that we have perhaps lost in this time, it is that. You know, we, we, we come to church wondering how it's kind of going to be. Instead of coming to church wondering what God's going to do. And that again needs to be a shift that we make. Moving from what, how's it going to be and how's it going to feel to be behind the mask. To what's God going to do this morning? What's he going to speak to my heart? What's he going to change in my life? Who's he going to heal? Who's he going to set free? How many people are going to get saved through worshipping on the streets and other things we do? What's he going to do? 
Because God is always wanting to do something, because he's a doer. Um, and that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about this morning. Thank you, Bob, for, for sharing that testimony this morning. You know, I'll just give you a quick recap of where we're up to this. This is actually the last in this series. Yeah, so you can go sad or you can like look slumped if you want to, you know, get, get the action. You know like the, the kids songs where we have actions to the songs, even some adult ones, you know, the God, God's a strong tower and the righteous run into it and all that sort of thing. How about we have actions to the sermon that every time you like want to express something, you do an action, give me a wave or yeah, do, do a fist pump like Connie, you know, go for it. Okay, so I, this, this is last, but actually, in a way, it's also leading into the next things that I want to talk about in a few weeks' time. You're, gonna, you get, you're lucky, you get a break from me for a few weeks, You've, we've got other speakers lined up, we've got Joyce next week, uh, come to share her testimony of, uh, well, near death through COVID, and what God did there, and how she came through that. Remember, we're not... We, we, set out we're not losing anybody to this it was pretty desperate at times but we're not losing anybody to this thing you know it's a faith we receive grace through faith and so when after after these the, the other speakers um i'm going to come back and i'm going to talk about some of the things that i've been leading to in this but this morning i want to talk about them some two basic rhythms of grace and uh, just to give you a recap, remember there was two aspects. We're looking at the two parts of Adam. In effect, although it hasn't been as strictly what you'd call an expository Bible study type preach, I've actually done an exposition of Genesis 2 and 3. You might not have noticed it, but that's what it's been. And we looked at how God created Adam, and there was two aspects to Adam's uh, personality are two things that, that God planted in Adam's soul. And one of those things was to subdue, to have dominion, to be fruitful, to multiply, to be creative, to get on with things. To And, and so he, pl he planted in the soul of every one of us drivers, soul drivers. But there was a balance to Adam which that he also had soul givers, things that gave to his soul. So there's a drive in his soul, but a give, gave to his soul. What were those things that gave to his soul? It's not good for man to be alone. Connectedness with others, and he walked with God in the cool of the evening in the garden. Connectedness to God. So there are soul givers. And when Adam fell, that, that balance changed. And everything became on the driving side. Now, remember what I've said. The drivenness isn't bad. It's being out of balance that's bad. And the solution to being out of balance is not to just stop everything or feel guilty that you, 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 about things. The, 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 the way to get back in balance is to put the weight on the other side. Cast our cares onto God. 3 John 2 says... Um, I pray that you will prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So there's a balance between the prosperity of our life, our healthiness, in, in, in the way we live, with what's going on in our souls. And so, you know, we can be whole... It might be an unhealthy world out there. It might be a terrible world out there. I think it's a really sad world out there, the way people think and react and the, the sort of motivations that we, we have in society and the, the anger and the conflict and all the rest of it. I think it's so sad. But the, it is an unhealthy world. We live in a fallen world. But the reality is we can be healthy in here when the world out there is unhealthy. You can be whole in there so you can be whole out there. You can't change the world around you overnight. You can affect the world because we bring the kingdom to the world. But you can walk healthy in an unhealthy world. We don't have to take on the unhealthiness of the world. And why is that? Because for born-again believers, Jesus came to reverse the effects of that getting out of balance. And we, we found that, didn't we, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that, that verse that get theologians call the Proto-Evangel, 
And it says, I will put enmity between en, en, oh, I can't say that. enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your heel, and you shall bruise his head. <laughs> he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That's it, yeah. Good. Other way around. Well done, monitor. <laughs> I'm, I'm so blessed and lucky to have you. So Jesus came to make balanced soul life possible. And, and he came to tear down the barrier between us and God. That said we had to go through intermediaries. There was all sorts of ways you couldn't really get to God. But Jesus broke that open. He made a clear path for us into the presence of God. So we can go boldly before the throne of grace to find the help we need. In, the help we need. And the, the reality of that means that, that that ability to reset the balance by connectedness to God and connectedness to others who are part of the, our church family, part of our church body, restores that balance. Now, here's the point. Jesus has made that possible, but we have to put it into the rhythm of our life if it's going to become reality for us. You see, it's not a case that I can lay hands on you and fix your life. Much as you'd like me, like me to be able to do that, I can't do that. That's not how this works. This works by a renewing of our minds and putting into our lives the rhythms of grace that Jesus has paid for so that we can become healthy inside. Our soul can be healthy. Our soul can prosper and therefore, our lives prosper in an unhealthy world. Does that make sense? That's kind of a summary of the, the whole three weeks that we've covered. So what happened is that right, right at the start, we, the world around us is this world of pressure. Because the driver's side is, is dominant. It, it, it's got way out of pressure. Why is it dominant? Because the connectedness side is out of kilter. And, and this pressure um, produces certain spiritual conditions. It produces spiritual conditions in us. The, 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 the way we live and the culture around us and the effects of the world and the effects that, that these drivers and givers are out of balance in ourselves produces pressure in our life. And that's what we feel. That's what you've been feeling this week. Now, we all feel it in different ways. Some of us feel it in terms of we get depressed, we get down. Some of us feel it in terms of we get anxious, we get worried. Some of us feel it in terms of I'm just not up to this. I'm, I'm not good enough for this. You know, and other of us feel it, I'm guilty because I'm not doing enough. And, and, and we all feel it in different ways, but the reality is that that pressure is there. And, you know, one of the, 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 the wonderful things that I... I've seen in God's word over the last, um, uh, I guess, 12 months, is he, I, I spent quite a lot of time, if you remember last year, looking at how the enemy gets involved in our life. And one of the, the key ways he uses our, our life, he call, the, if you've got an old Bible, it calls it the wiles of the devil. But the word wiles actually means mind games. So the enemy is about producing in our minds scattered fragmented, uh, overwhelmed, uncentered thinking. And that's what produces all these other things in our lives. So the enemy comes in and he produces that. And eventually we go down this path and we, we're struggling with anxiety or we're struggling with uh, worry, we're struggling, we feel depressed, we feel down, or we feel like I'm never good enough. I'm, and, and it produces all that. Why? Because the enemy's got in to that, that thinking. And, the, and this pressure is producing scattered, fragmented, under, uncentered thinking. And what, what we have tended to do, or uh, get, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's the, the right way of expressing this, we, because we feel tired because of, of, of these things, that, most of our tiredness is not a result of over physical effort, most of our tiredness is over a mental yes. effort. And, and so we feel tired, we feel drained because we can't get all this stuff to come into order, we can't get all this stuff in, in the right way. We, we, we feel things more emotionally maybe than we should. 
um, we, we feel things uh, like there's this dampening down in our spirits. We don't feel on fire like we used to feel on fire, but we want to be on fire, but we don't know how to get on fire. Uh, and, and, and we end up in a situation where we, despite what we know, we end up praying and communing with God very little. And that's kind of the wrong reaction. <laughs> it, it's the unhelpful reaction, but it is a natural reaction from an unbalanced soul. Um, we, we, we're not intentional about pursuing Jesus the way we were. Why? Because we are too busy. And I don't mean, you see, it's easy to say, well, we're too busy in a, like, a way that condemns. So I don't want you to take it that way. What I want you to un understand is that if we're not in balance, our busyness makes us unhealthy. And the only way to redress that balance is to address the soul givers. Now, let me put it the other way, and I'm not going to cover it any more than this, because I believe that... The, the vast majority of people are out of balance the way I've been talking. There are some people who are out of balance the other way. They, they've kind of dropped out. It, it's all about kind of, I don't know, um, it's all about family, relationshipy, touchy-feely, I don't really want to do anything, I'm not going to do anything, because that's my remedy to this pressure I'm feeling. That's out of balance the other way. Now, I don't think that's as common as people being out of balance by feeling I'm, I'm too busy, I'm tired, I'm drained, I'm anxious, I'm uh, worried, I'm, all, all these things. So that's why I'm talking about that morning. But I want you to, I want you to acknowledge that, that, that you can get out of balance the other way. Um, you know, there is that quote, which I don't particularly like, but it's kind of, it's got a, a truth in it, which is you can be so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. And that, that's kind of what Bob was talking about this morning. There, there is that approach sometimes in Christianity, because we recognise we're out of balance that way, to say the answer is to do nothing. And it's bad to do things. And it's bad to be driven. It's bad to have that drive and that go get. It's not bad. It's how God created you. In Genesis, he said he created man like that, and it was very good. God created man in his image and likeness, and being in God's image and likeness means we're creative, it means we're productive, it means we're fruitful, it means we multiply, and God looks at that and he says that's very good. And so, you know, we get this, this, this pressure, this uh, scattered, fragmented living, and Jesus came... To put that back into balance. Now, in putting that back into balance, we need to move across that balance spectrum. And there are certain things that we need to know and understand and receive as truth for ourselves that move us across that balance spectrum. So the, the first one of those, and I, I talked about I, I talked about these really briefly last week. The first one is we move from competitiveness that is endemic in, in our world and, and we've imported into our church and the way we, we look at church. So move from competitiveness to identity. And uh, I was looking at this and I was, you know, I was thinking about this. And I, One of the, the books that I've read recently is a book by a guy called... You might, I don't, I don't, maybe not many of you will have heard of him. He's called Ken Shigematsu. And he, he's a Japanese guy who's also a believer. And he was talking about this, this move from competition, competitiveness, to identity. And he, he was telling a story about a, a, a guy called, uh, I think he's called Stephen, who worked, he was a researcher at a university. Uh, it wasn't a British university, it's a slightly different system to we have here, but there was this thing called a tenure that was up for grabs. Uh, a tenure basically means you, you've got a job for life, you can't be sacked and you're protected. And, and, it, and it pays really well in America apparently. So this, this, this was up and um, there was two candidates for it. And this guy Stephen uh, put all his, uh, you know, his presentation together, told people about his research papers and so on. And then his 
the, the, this lady who was also up for it told them about all the research that she'd done. And they gave the job to Stephen. And he went back to them and he said, guys, I was sat in that presentation and I was listening to what she's done. And she's not as well known as me, but I was listening to what she's done. And you should have given the job to her. So I'm not taking it. Now, apart from the fact that that sounds like a nice story that you get in Hollywood, it's actually true. And apart from the fact that I just think that's what, what a great guy, why can you do something like that? How can you, how can you live in a way that that is your value system? Because I think, as I've said before, this great reset is about resetting our hearts. Resetting us to like, like Jesus. It's not about models of church or ways of doing church. It's about the reset of our hearts. So how, how do you live like that? And you can only live like that when your identity is not dependent on winning the prize. If we live with an identity that's dependent on winning the prize, then we'll always react in ways where we compete. But if we know how deeply loved we are by God, then it frees us to pursue something that's greater than winning the prize. And you go, well, what can be greater than winning the prize? Becoming you and whole inside. That's greater than winning the prize. There's many of us in this room that have won prizes, got on in our careers, done great things, but the really important thing to us is knowing that we're whole inside because those things haven't fixed us inside. They gave us a, 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 a kind of transitory dopamine rush and maybe a pay rise, but they didn't make us whole inside. So we still are in this, 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 this side where we feel out of balance, fragmented, under pressure, tired, worn out, busy, and can't fit in the things that we really need to fit in, which is connectedness to others and connectedness to God. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing is this move from breadth to depth. And what, what do I mean by that? I mean like we try and be great at everything. And social media pushes us to be try and be great at everything. Like you, you can look like a million dollars and you'll still be wearing the wrong outfit. You can, you can get as healthy as you like and you'll still somebody will tell you that you're eating the wrong sugars. You know, whatever. And, and we, we're in this and we, we always are being told that we're failing at things. However great we are at things, and we're all great at different things, but however great we are at things, we are always having all the things that we're not great at, not, haven't had the time for, and all that sort of stuff identified for us. Why is that? Well, there's all sorts of reasons, but the main reason is there's an unhealthy world out there that has a thing called an advertising industry and a social media industry that makes money by telling you your inadequacies. And it's got pretty sophisticated over the decades at finding out all the minute little inadequacies. But we need to move from that breadth to depth. Depth of our relationship with God and depth in our soul that says, I'm okay in here. I'm okay in here. I recognise what's going on out there, but I'm okay in here so that I can live healthy out there. Is this making sense? You can give me a wave. You can give me a fist bump if you want, Connie. What else? Next thing, pursuit to presence. We, 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 we spend so much of our lives, because we are on that, that outer balance pressure side, that soul-driven side, we spend so much of our lives by uh, pursuing things. And, and you hear it all the time, don't you? When I've got this, or when this happens, or when I've succeeded at that, or when I've accumulated this much savings, or when, I'm, when I retire, or when I do this, or when my family's grown up and left home, then I'll. And we are missing the greatest treasure in the universe, which is the presence of God, by pursuing and all these other things and deferring that till later in our life. 
you know, habits are what we wear. Habits are the way we wear our life. Just like nuns habits, habits are the way we wear our lives. And more than anything, we are designed to enjoy God and be enjoyed by God. I think uh, uh, there's one of the great catechisms, I think it's the Westminster Catechism. Alan will tell me off if I'm wrong. He's, he's like theologian, knows, knows his Anglicanism. <laughs> I think it's the Westminster Catechism. And the first one of the articles he's at, he says, the chief end of man is to enjoy God and be enjoyed by him. And that is so true. That is our chief end. That's what we designed to do. And, and when that's not our chief end, we feel, ugh, with our life. However successful we are, we feel, ugh, because we've, we've been pursuing without presence. Pursuing, I'll say it again, is not wrong. It's a good thing, but pursuit without presence is out of balance, and you'll be unhealthy. And what else? Drivenness to grace. I, I, I talked a, a lot about that, but basically, if we're driven to accomplish great things in order to be loved, we become slaves to success. And, and you know that, don't you? You know, you've heard, you've heard preachers, you've heard me say that enough. If, we, if we're driven to accomplish great things in order to be loved, then we'll be slaves to success. And when we don't succeed, we won't feel loved. But the great thing, the great message of God's grace is this, that, you know, there's absolutely nothing you can do to be loved. You already are. You see, that's why Jesus came, because God loved you. That's why he died, because God loved you. And the value he put on you was the value of Christ's life. Now, we take some getting our heads around that, but the reality is, that is our value. Our value is Christ's life. It's an equation. You, you equal Christ's value in God's eyes, because he gave Christ for you. And that's the, that's the incredible thing about grace. And it happened 2,000 years ago. So whether you believe it, whether you live it, whether you act upon it, whether it feels like that's true... The fact is, it happened 2,000 years ago. It is true. It can't be changed. You weren't there 2,000 years ago, so you can't mess it up. You can't pay for it, and you can't get on that cross instead of Jesus. And that's good news, isn't it? So, so we live in grace knowing we are loved. Now, here's, here's the point I'm getting. You know, we, there's aspects of this that I just don't have the, the time, really, to go into, but there's, there's moving, what that produces is we've got to move from seeking approval to accepting our acceptance. Move from seeking approval to accepting our acceptance. That we are the beloved. You know, when uh, that word beloved, when it, it's used to, for believers, it's the same word as the angel used to Mary, and it's translated, you are, you are blessed and highly favoured. So we are God's beloved. We are accepted. We're not perfect, but we're accepted. We're loved. We're cherished. And so when we get all these things, life's back in balance. Can you see that? that, that that's moved. Those things lift that pressure. Now, so how, how do you get those things? Because I've kind of listened to a lot of preachers and a lot of series, message series that have told me all those things. I've, I've listened to the nth degree about messages on identity and who you are in Christ and acceptance and, you know, adoption and all those sort of things. And I'm thinking, but, you know, why, why is there still this imbalance? If, if I know all those answers, why is there still this imbalance? And I, you know, I spent a lot of time in the last 12 months really seeking God on this for, for myself, but also to try and understand what he was saying about resetting our hearts. The reason that I, I found, and it's been really powerful for me, is that we know all those things, but we still are out of balance because they haven't become part of the rhythms of our life. You see, those things are truths and they are answers. 
But the only way they become real to you is connectedness to God who ministers them to your heart because you know them because they have been ministered by a minister to your mind. But without connectedness to God, they don't minister to your heart and so they don't change your heart. And so although you know them and you can't understand why it's not working for you, the answer is not to know them more and listen to another sermon series on the things. The answer is for God to minister to your heart through the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this? Bob's getting it. He's giving me a smile behind his little mask. Well done, Bob. <laughs> so what do, we, what do we do? And, and I, I was like searching with God for this. I'm going, God, I, it's, like, it's a bit of an insurmountable one. I'm, like, I'm really good at listening to sermon series. Man, I've been to so many conferences where they've talked about this. What do I do, God? I know all this. I know all this. And he said, you need rhythms of grace in your life. I'm going, right, oh, what's that? He said, well, son, let me take you back. Let me take you back to a thing that we've lost. And you're not going to like this because you don't really like all the things that get associated with this. I'm going, okay, great, God, thanks. Cheers. (laughs) And he said, remember I was talking to you about those nuns and those monks and our habits of the way you wear your life? Yeah, yeah, God. I don't want to sit in some sort of cold stone building in the dark and make beer. <laughs> well, maybe the beer, but I'm not allowed to drink it, am I? So, no, no, I don't, I, I'm not, no. I, I don't want that. He said, yeah, but in throwing everything out, in, in our modern way of church, we've lost some things. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to take church back to the dark ages. I'm just saying that there were some things that people knew in previous generations that we've lost. And to restore that balance, that healthy soul in us, we need to rediscover and reconnect with, to them. And, and I'm, going to talk a little, I'm going to talk about these in the next series, which is called Soul Care. This is called Soul Life. I'll talk about it in the next series. But I'm going to give you a little insight this morning. I've got about five, eight minutes left, so I'll just talk to you. Now, here's, here's the thing. What we've lost, or, or what we haven't understood, is connected to God. connectedness to God is something that is accessible at all times. And, you see, the people, the, the, the kind of predecessor generations, the ancients, had this in their life. They called it the daily office. So I don't know if you've, you've seen films, but have you seen films where there's, there's monks and, and every so often a bell rings or something and they all file in and they all go and pray for half an hour and then they come back out again? Yeah, and they do it two, three times a day and, and weird times of night. That's kind of the bit I didn't like when God was talking to me about this, you know. Let's get up at 4am. No, God, that's just too big a price to pay for this balance. I'm not getting up at 4am. Five maybe, I'm always awake at five, so yeah, okay. Here's, here's the thing. We need something that is a rhythm in our life that connects us to God regularly through the day. And I'm not being negative about this, but this is not a quiet time. You know the idea of a quiet time? You, you get out, you've got your little daily notes, and you pray for like a couple of minutes, and you uh, read uh, like two verses out of the Bible, Bible passage, uh, some commentary on it, Pray the prayer at the end and off you go for the day. Or if, you, if you're the other sort of person, you do that at like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night before you go to bed. And, and people are quiet. I've never managed to sustain that sort of quiet time. But it's always been recommended that these are a great idea. In a sense, they are part of a daily office, but they're not the daily office, if you get, get my meaning. What's a daily office? It's not a quiet time. It's not about getting something to set you up for your day or, you know, a new bit of information, a new bit of revelation. It's simply about turning to God to be with him. And you do it more than once a day. Here's the, here's the big thing. You can turn to God in the queue at Sainsbury's. Sorry about the advertising. For... for, for uh, 
others of you, you could do it at Waitrose or Tesco, I like to be even equal about these things. You could do it at any shop, Aldi, whatever your, your fix is, you, you can do this. But you can do it. You can do it at your desk at work. You can do it in the coffee machine. You can do it anywhere in your life. But what you've got to do is have a rhythm to it. And that's the habit, having a rhythm to having periods of the day, short periods of the day, where you just get to be with God. You know, one of the things that, that I've kind of uh, really uh, put back in place is that the, the way I was relating to God, I, I think probably uh, in the early part of lockdown, is that I was spending like, because I get paid to do this, thank you very much, guys, uh, but I was like spending like a couple of hours in the Word, writing, producing videos, all that sort of stuff. And, and I felt, you know, that it wasn't, although it was good stuff and I was hearing God speak, it wasn't really hitting the mark for me personally. And, and so what I've done is I've, I've changed that. So I'm still doing the same thing, I'm still getting in the Word, you'd be pleased to know, I'm not a heretic. But I've, I've changed it so that, you know, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I go and I, and I, and I get my cup of tea, and I sit down in a seat and I just calm myself, still myself and I just rest and sit in God's presence for about five minutes. And I do it again in an evening. And it's made a huge difference to my life. Because when you turn to God, you connect to God and his presence ministers his love to you. And that's what really changes you. And so I want to encourage you to do this. And yeah, we'll expand on it. But there is no substitute to being healthy in here by being present in the presence of God. We have to understand this. This, this is not an academic exercise being a Christian. This is not a knowledge exercise. That's not saying that's bad. It's good. But it's not going to get us in balance because God created us not just with soul drivers, but soul givers, connectedness to him and connectedness to others. Right, these are, these are the last couple of things that I want to say. So two rhythms. And I've, in talking about daily office, the first one of these is this. Stillness and silence. If you do not have that time of stillness and silence, a couple of times, two, I, I'm actually doing three a day now. Uh, it has not affected my productivity whatsoever, but it has affected my well-being. And so, here's the thing, if you don't have that, there's no point at which you connect to allow God to gift to you, being present in his presence. And so, here's what, here's what I think is, is key that I've learned on that, that one. Okay? When I get up in the morning, well, when you get up in the morning, just have a think about it right now. When you get up in the morning, what is the first thing you do? Yeah, I know the answer to that is open your eyes, but let's just get a little bit deeper than opening your eyes. What's the first thing you do? Pardon? Grow. Okay, Nick, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Here's, here's what I found in asking this question to a lot of people. One of the first things people do, almost usually even before they even go to the bathroom, is pick up their mobile phone from the side table and look at it. That is a shocking statistic of our life. And you're going, okay... Well, that's not me. Well, I have to tell you, you are in the less than 20% of people who don't do that. So, well done. I remember, you know, when we were having a really uh, challenging time about five years ago, the first thing uh, that a friend of ours, Rick Oldland, I think many of you met Rick, or he came here and spoke a couple of days, said to me, he's the first thing, is switch your phone off till 11am. Do not put your phone on till 11am. And it just made this huge difference. And you got like... How is that? Because there is nothing 
like the ability of a mobile phone or switching your TV on to watch Good Morning Britain or whatever it is these days, or I don't know what it is, you know, um, switch your TV on or pick up your newspaper or look at your news, the newspaper on the screen. There's nothing like that to disrupt, disrupt your day. Honestly, there isn't. Even your spouse cannot disrupt your day to li like that. Even your kids cannot disrupt your day like that. Why? Because what happens is you automatically take on the concerns of the unhealthy world out there, but more importantly and more likely, you are taking on the three or four people who have texted you, emailed you, and they're having a crisis and they want to share their crisis with you. So even before you've scrubbed your teeth in the morning, you're sharing people's crises. And, and that's, that's unhealthy. It doesn't allow us the space to spend time in stillness and silence with God. And you, you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm not good at getting up in the morning. I'm too busy to do this. I, you know, I've got the kids to get ready. There's your problem. That's my problem. That was my problem. I'm just out of balance. It's not wrong to get the kids ready. It's not wrong to be busy. But if we've not got time for God, we've got a real problem. And then it's no good saying, Pastor Mark, will you pray for me? Pastor Cheryl, will you come and counsel me for six weeks or ten weeks or three years or ten years and nothing ever changes? Nothing will change. Because God's the only one that can change your heart. Information cannot change your heart. Information can change your head. The Holy Spirit can change your heart. So if, you're not, if you haven't got that time, that's the symptom of the problem that the balance isn't right. And so the question to ask ourselves is, how do I get that time? And the truth is, yeah, I know some of you, you know, because this is the sort of thing I'd be doing. If I was at a conference right now, I'd be going... Okay, well, God's with me all the time, so how's that work? Well, yeah, God's with me all the time. But I'm not connected to him all the time. I have to consciously connect to him. Okay, last point, last point, nearly finished. What's the second rhythm of grace? There you go. Sabbath keeping. There you go. It's a bit old-fashioned, isn't it? A bit religious. Yeah. Sabbath keeping. The failure to keep the Sabbath in our generation is one of the biggest disconnectors from God and disconnectors from the family of God. And you go, well, I can watch it online. I can go in a few weeks' time when I haven't got this in my diary and I haven't got that in my diary. Oh, it doesn't really matter. I can have a day off during the week and I'll pray. No, 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 no. God gave us the Sabbath as a blessing. Not as a burden, but as a blessing. And you know, I used to, I, I remember this when God was talking to me about this and he was reminding me, I've always kept the Sabbath. So I, I didn't have an issue with this. You know, I'm, I'm one of these people that goes, it's Sunday, I'm going to church, that's what happens on Sunday. Why? Because Sundays is about my connectedness to God. And so when I was, um, I, I was talking to somebody about this this week, but when I was uh, in Deloitte, I was working 15 hour days, six days a week. And I was healthier than I was at sometimes later in my life when I wasn't working at Deloitte. Why? Because I had that. I had a day where God restored me and where I got with God's people. Well, I don't need to go to church. No, you don't. But you do need to be healthy inside and this will make you healthy inside. You do this every week, this will make you healthy inside. Why? Because honouring the Sabbath makes us become more aware of God's love for us. He gave us this as a blessing. And you know, I was talking, when I was talking to somebody about this, she, they, they said, well, why do you think God gave us, did the Sabbath? Like, why did he only take six days to create the earth, but then he invented a seventh day, called it the Sabbath, and sat down and rested? And I'm going, I'm not getting your point. And they said, well, do you, 
does God get tired? Does he need to, like, is he, was he worn out? And I'm thinking, I just can't believe God gets worn out. <laughs> that can't be the answer, can it? Why there's a Sabbath there that God gets worn out. Because he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's got all the energy and life of the universe. He, he's got a constant flow of life. He doesn't get tired. He might get tired of our bleating, but that's a different thing. He doesn't get tired, as in the effort's too much for me. It's not any effort to God to fix a cold. It's not any effort to God to fix COVID. It's not any go effort to God to give you a new heart, new liver, new lungs. It's not an effort. He's not, he's not worn out. So why have we got the Sabbath? What did God have the Sabbath for? I'm going, ooh, that's it. That's a hard one. It's like one of them Japanese conundrums, isn't it? You know, riddles. And then it just dawned on me. He wanted to enjoy looking at the creation he'd made and being with his kids. He wanted to be with his kids in the creation he'd made. And it was good. In fact, it was very good. So God wanted to connect with us. And he blessed us to be able to connect with him. You know, when he set the Sabbaths aside for God, he's, he's, you might need to think about this. When you set the Sabbath aside for God, you begin to live out of the truth that your worth is not all about what you can accomplish. When you set the Sabbath aside for God, you can begin to live out the truth that your worth is not all about what you accomplish. And you know, I, I know people will say to me, well, the Sabbath, I, I, I don't come to church. I don't get with God's people. I don't really get with God on, on Sundays because it's family time. It, it's time for me to be with my family. It's a nice sunny day, so I'll go for a picnic. I might be sounding hard now, I don't, but I, I'm just sharing truth. Why is there a Sabbath? Well, it's great, I, I've got this on, and they only do this on a Sunday, and I need to get my kids to it, and all that sort of stuff. So Sundays is family time. No, Sundays is God's family time. Saturdays is family time. Well, I'm busy, I'm doing my jobs, I'm shopping. Do it with your kids. Do it with your family. Find ways of doing it. But for us believers, Sabbath keeping is important. Not as a rule, but because it makes us healthy. It puts our life in balance. It reminds us that this isn't all about what we can accomplish, what we can do, what we can achieve in seven days of life. Being a perfect parent, being a perfect uh, career person, being a perfect media profile person, being a perfect person on Facebook, wearing the right things, doing all this and accomplishing great things and getting to the age of 70, absolutely exhausted, absolutely tired and keeling over with a heart attack with all the money still in the bank. And you think, well, that, that's crazy. Why do you talk like that, man? Because so many people that I was in partnership with uh, and worked with, side by side with, in partnership, are already dead. And they had so much money in the bank when they died. And were they happy when they were getting it? No. Why? Not because any of that stuff was right, but because they were in balance. They didn't have the God connectedness, and they didn't have the connectedness to others in God's family that are designed to give to our soul. So I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to finish. And I just want to say that I'm going to go on from this to some other stuff around soul care in a few weeks' time. So I'm just going to pray. Can we all stand? <laughs> Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a giver. That you opened the way for me to connect to you. That you blessed me by giving me the Sabbath to help me know how loved I am. 
and to show others how loved they are. I thank you that you gave me both aspects of my personality, the soul driver and the soul giver. Lord, I pray that you will give me the wisdom now to know how to get those in balance, to see how to do that. Not by just giving up on things, but by living healthily in an unhealthy world. Being whole in here so I can be whole out there. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to my heart now. Come, Holy Spirit. Just touch my heart now. I give you permission. I give you permission to speak to me. To speak into the depths. Just put your hand out and just sense God ministering to you right now. Father, we thank you. We receive your love. We open ourselves to connect with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. So everybody that's uh, watched us online, thanks for being with us. Uh, if you, if you want to listen to this again, obviously it's recorded. You can listen to it as many times as you want. But for now, we just want to know that you to know that we love you, we bless you, and have a great week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.